Hi guys, welcome to another episode of Young Professional African Edition with your host, Jonathan Rwanika and Shanil Mudli, equipping you with all the right tools to jumpstart your career in an African context by sharing experiences and spreading the gospel of information. With original music brought to you by Africa's own, Yunil Badiachi. Quincy is the founder of Hello Coach K, an organization birthed out of purpose. Quincy believes in using a purpose-driven approach to help equip students and young professionals with tools, techniques, and information that will not only build and establish their personal brands, but their careers as well. She believes that everyone has a purpose to fulfill, regardless of what their background, experience, education, or economic circumstances are. Her approach aims to build confidence and good self-esteem, as she believes that this is the first step to successfully transitioning into a new career. Giving up her corporate job, As the first ever continuous improvement specialist in asset management in South Africa, and most recently a performance business analyst, she jumped into the entrepreneurial world to start making a tangible impact on the lives of others, one young professional at a time. So Quincy, uh, let's get straight into it. Uh, Where are you from and where did you grow up? So um, my family is originally from Botswana, so that is such a loaded question. My dad was an engineer, so we moved around every four years. So if somebody asks me where home is, I think the place I think about is Clarksdorp, because that's where we were the longest. Uh, I think we were in Clarksdorp since grade six to about matric. So when I think of back home, I think Clarksdorp is the place I think about the most. But that's where I grew up, very small town, very Afrikaans. Um, I don't know if you know what Pretoria feels like. I'm, I'm actually from Pretoria. Okay, cool. So you, you're from Clarkstock. And uh, did you ever live in Johannesburg at some point? Or, or when did you transition to the side? So we, we transitioned when my family moved over here. They initially lived in Rustenburg uh, in, a, in a township called Kavane. Uh, my parents actually still have their very first home in that in that um, area. So we grew up there, and then we moved to Johannesburg when I was about grade six, so in grade one. Uh, but we weren't there for very long. My Gauteng experience actually started in varsity. I came here to study my undergrad at Pretoria. I studied at the University of Pretoria. And then that's how we ended up in Johannesburg. So after I graduated, my first job was at um, Standlob at Melrose Arc. And I've been in Johannesburg ever since. Okay, great, great, great. So, so I guess then maybe pivoting into, into your entrepreneurial journey, when did you, you found your company and, you know, the, the, the name Hello Coach K, uh, you know, what's in the name and, and how long has it been in progress for? <laughs> so the name is actually quite new, but uh, when we initially started it, it was called, I think it was called K Interview Coaching. So there was still the dynamic of Coach K in it, but Hello Coach K was the new rebranding and relaunching that we uh, did this year. But initially how it started, it started as K Interview Coaching and I was obviously still in corporate, doing my corporate job. And um, friends and colleagues, we would talk a lot about, they would talk a lot about the interviews that they were going on. They would really discuss 
you know, stuff that went wrong, what didn't go right, you know, and that just that pressure and that not understanding uh, what they could have done better. And I think just as friends talking about it, I would offer my advice and I would tell them, well, friend, I don't think you should have really answered it that way. I think what they were looking for in that question was this or that. And a friend of mine, her name was Sandy at the time. She said to me one day after these discussions, you know, Quince, you're actually so good at that. And after speaking to you, I always leave feeling so confident. And um, she said, you should do this. You should do this as, as, as a thing. And I said, what do you mean I should do this as a thing? And she said, I think you should do this. You should help people prepare for the interviews. And that is essentially how it started, Chanel. Um, and Coach K was born out of having to separate myself. So I needed to separate Quincy from the coaching that I was doing because my first clients were my friends and my colleagues. And they knew me as Quincy. So when we were busy with the sessions and the coaching and the preparation, it would be very difficult for them to associate me with a coach, uh, with somebody separate from from the Quincy that they knew. So conversations would digress. Uh, we would chat more than any kind of focused discussion. So I created the persona Coach K to help facilitate that conversation to be a more focused one in coaching and um, just for them to focus more on the on the coaching that we were about to do. I think that's a very important point, being able to separate the business from yourself. So even though you're a valuable asset to the business, it has its own name and its own continuity. You also mentioned that you were working in corporate and, and sort of building this as your side hustle. So how what was the time that you needed to allocate to this and how have you built it? Was there a lot of effort required to build a business on the side? You know, that's the funny thing, right? So when you have a side hustle and you still have a full-time job, you're so comfortable in what you're doing. And I mean, you asked this of me before as well in terms of, you know, my pricing and how many hours I put into it. But when you have a, a full-time job that pays you really well, you can put as much time into your extra side hustle as you want to because you're not thinking about it as your source of income. You're not thinking about it as your primary source of anything, really. So for me, it was my passion project. It was a space where I could do something that I loved and enjoyed, and I was able to kind of reset and almost remind myself that I'm more than just my corporate job. I'm more than just whatever position I was holding at the time and really aligned with purpose because I'm all about living in your purpose and that's what Hello Coach K is all about as well, helping young professionals align with their purpose. So that was, that was what it was for me. So it didn't feel like work um, and it didn't really require a lot of hours from me, but if it did, I think maybe we were averaging five hours a month. The only time that it really required any more from me was when we would present at um, the TVET College in Soweto. And that required about a half day of my time. And then that was juggling. Now I have to book leave or I have to request time off to go off and give these talks at um, the TV colleges. But that was the experience. Yeah, that was the journey. Wow, really, really interesting that um, notion of, of when, you're, you, when you're doing something for, for passion then you don't even notice the, the hours behind it. Cool. Um, so I think my, my next question then would be, you know, so you said you started giving advice and, and I'm guessing this, you know, it was very colloquial and it was free. So how did you then transition from, uh, you know, moving from this thing where you were giving free advice to people to start saying there's, there's a premium on it? So, so how, do you, how do you sort of change a passion into a business? I think, oh, that's such a loaded question, and I think it's probably the most difficult one to answer, but it was the most difficult thing for me to do in the transition from this being my passion project to this now being what I actually do full-time. 
And I think um, I mentioned in the previous question to say, when it's your side hustle and you're earning a good salary, you can sustain it. So you don't even think about how many hours you're spending on it. You don't even think about the value of it. So whatever you're, you're charging at that time, or whether, whether or not I even you know, received that fee or not, I could still do it because I wasn't relying on that to sustain my, my lifestyle, my expenses, any of that. But when I did this full time, I had to really introspect and engage a lot with people. So I have people, I have a network of really amazing people around me, entrepreneurs themselves. I mean, my husband has two businesses as well that he runs. So we had lots of discussions on getting me ready to start understanding that now I have to start charging for what I'm doing. And I have a very tough time with that, to be quite honest with you. And I think I still have a tough time with it. But the one thing that I did learn from even listening to people like Wusi uh, Tembagwai and Simon Sinek, they're probably one of my favorite uh, people to listen to when talking and discussing entrepreneurship and changing your mindset as you move into this new space, is that I had to separate myself from the money and what I do. So I was then able to focus on Hello Coach K, on the coaching side of things, on the content side of things, on the information sharing, the side of things that actually excites me. And then I have an account scheme that deals with all of that. So when somebody actually comes to me and they need to receive a quote or an invoice, that's not done through me. That's done through somebody else. So the separation of roles has helped me not to really focus on the costing and the value. Uh, we obviously at the beginning set aside and uh, you know, our rate card and decided how much are we going to charge for certain things. And that stands and that's still there. But I don't necessarily have to have that uncomfortable conversation because it does make me uncomfortable still. So I think the separation of that has really helped me just be able to do my job and do it the way I want to and let somebody else worry about, <laughs> about the value and the finances. Yeah, definitely. So I think for me, that, that's always been like a big question that I wondered uh, about entrepreneurs. You know, once you start something as a side hustle that you've maybe done for free, that transition sounds like a difficult conversation to have with, with, with some of the clients. Um, I think the, the, one of the bigger lessons as well that I learned uh, just from my own research and trying to figure out how I was going to do this transition was the other thing that I think my husband said, you know, you need to have confidence in what confidence in what you're offering as well. And those who can afford you or those who want to take up your services, they will take it up. So don't spend too much time worrying about whether or not you've priced something right, uh, whether or not, you know, the customers will come in and what your costing looks like and what your finances look like. So I think that was also really great advice that was given to me when I started this journey to say, allow those who understand your value proposition to actually come forward and use your value proposition. And anybody else outside of that, that's a completely different conversation um, to have. But just to stand firm in what we're doing and believe in it as well as our, our costing. And how important was it for you to first go into corporate, learn some skills, gain some knowledge, and then transition into being a full-time entrepreneur? Do you think there was a lot of value in that? Or do you think that you could have covered more ground had you left university and gone straight into starting your own business? I think that my journey in corporate, I was always meant to go through that. I've learned so many things throughout that journey about myself as well and things that I can share with my target audience today. I mean, we're targeting students, graduates, and young professionals. And, you know, we talk about things like interview coaching and workplace readiness. I couldn't possibly be able to tell them or give them any kind of insights about that had I not experienced the corporate side of the journey. 
And that's part of what sort of fueled my fire to want to start this in the first place, starting my journey with very little support actually coming into it. I didn't know anything about interviewing. I didn't know anything about corporate etiquette until I was just thrown into the deep end. So no, I don't, I don't regret or I don't think that it was time wasted. And it's not like I'm not using those skills today as well. Either. So all of those skills that I've learned in my corporate, the processing, the creating of processes, the identifying of ideas and problems and bottlenecks, I'm still using today within my own organization. And, and along the journey that you've had now, so um, you know, you've been building up the business for a while on the side before you went into full time. What are some of the mistakes um, that you wished you could have avoided? Or, or maybe a better way to say it is, what are some of the mistakes that you learned a lot from? So like we've been saying, I, you know, the word mistake doesn't sit so well with me because it implies at any given point in time, you would have known everything they possibly could have known about that decision before you made it. And I think that's too much pressure to put on a human being. So I prefer to think of them like you, like you said, it's, it's lessons learned. Um, one of those lessons, though, I will tell you, you know, it was a very expensive lesson to learn. When I was putting together my team, I had, um, I had in mind, I thought, you know, I need somebody to develop the website. I need graphics. I'm going to need content. So I most likely need a social media manager. I most likely need copywriters. And all of these things in my head, and I knew I need to go source these. And um, the social media part of things was a complete bomb. Um, and I didn't realize it until I got into it, just how unnecessary it might have been for the nature of my business. So we spent a lot of money on that side to have somebody come in and develop you know, social media calendar only to realize that having somebody else sort of bring their voice and their thoughts and their ideas of what Hello Coach K was didn't really work for the vision I had for it. So that didn't work out. It was a very expensive lesson for me. And I mean, at that time, I was still using my, my savings to sustain this and to get this business started and off the ground. So I think the lesson learned there is I would learn to trust myself a little bit more. I was really nervous jumping into it and doing social media and writing content that is valuable and that I thought my audience would understand. And I thought I needed a little bit more help with that. But it turns out I didn't. So all the content on our social media that is written by me, that is Coach K, and everything else runs through me on the social media pages. So I think I would have learned, you know what, it's okay. I'm not a jack of all trades, but I can surely learn new things um, and apply new skills and, and a new thought process, whatever it is I'm doing. And, and, and quite interestingly, so when you, when you were hiring these people, what was your, so as a young aspiring entrepreneur, what was your criteria? So obviously, um, skill set was a big one, but um, did, you, did you have a look at things like, you know, does this person have a metric qualification? Were there sort of minimums in place that you needed to look at? Or, or was it more of a thing of capabilities? How did you, what was your thought process around that? So it, it was dependent on what part of the team I was actually building. So for my, for my web designer, for instance, um, the lady who did my website and she does all of the technical stuff in the background, um, I needed somebody who was not only technically sound, but also, you know, in expertise. So that comes with a lot of qualifications. She's highly qualified in what she does. She spends a lot of time also just relearning. She'll tell you herself that she's got qualifications upon qualifications because, you know, that side of the world is always changing. So she needs to stay on top of the game and understanding uh, all the stuff that goes into the back of um, coding and all of that other kind of stuff. So 
first it was about looking at what it is I required, first of all, from that person, and then to decide whether or not qualifications made any difference in terms of how that person was able to perform the task I needed. The other most important thing for me, though, was um, how we connected and how we gelled, if I can put it that way. So I had extensive sessions with everybody to make sure that we all understood the vision of Hello Coach K, what I wanted to do with Hello Coach K, and how I wanted the world to see it, how I wanted it to be visible to the world as well. So for me, it was, it was a balance, or it was making sure that I got the balance of qualification, skills, and passion. Okay, cool. I think, I think that's a really, really good way to do it. So you, you're sort of ensuring that, that everybody's aligned within the organization. And just speaking, I guess, on the vision and mission statement of Hello Coach K, do you mind maybe sharing? So, so what is the end goal here? Are you, are you targeting South Africa? Are you targeting Africa? Where's your reach? And, and who, are you, who are you looking to help? You know, that, that is actually such an interesting question, Chanel. I think when I started Hello Coach Care, I think my vision is very small. And I think COVID-19 and the situation that happened really forced me to reinvent the model and to reinvent the vision. And I always say it's important. You need to start with the end in mind. And I literally, I, I thought if I can just reach one graduate at a time, the end in mind is to boost confidence and, and get one graduate at a time to really be confident in themselves and to go into the workplace. Um, aligned to their purpose, not just taking on any or any other kind of job. So I think my vision was South African based. And then COVID-19 happened and that wasn't necessarily possible. I had to um, broaden my my view or, or rather the opportunities were there for me to broaden my view. And today I have a reach all over the continent. Um, as far as Nigeria even, I've had interest from Australia. Um, I have a lot of collaborations and partnerships coming up with people from the USA, people like you who have found me on our social media platforms. So I think the vision and the dream has grown. And I think also just in doing it as well. So the vision that I might have had in mind before I was practically doing it now full time has evolved and changed the more I do it and the more I realize just how much more of an impact it's making than I initially thought it so no, now the reach is global. <laughs> so, so what can, if, if one of our listeners out there are interested in your, in your services, firstly, what can they expect? So is it a platform where you help them? So I know confidence is one, or do you sort of help them identify what they want, where they want to go and, and build a network with them? Or is it more that you, you help them build and you say, okay, now you go out into the world and, and you discover your, your network? So I think my team is going to really be upset at me for saying this, but I'm all about the journey with them. <laughs> I know I don't think I have I have the capacity and I will most likely not always have the capacity for that. But essentially what we're really trying to do, first of all, is interview coaching. Um, so is to prepare them for the interviews that are coming up. So that's pre-interview within the interview and post-interview. So that's from CV construction, um, how you interview your body language, you know, identifying your personality, but also the most important thing for us is to help them align um, their qualifications or what they're doing with, with what they actually love to do. So we're trying to reduce the rate of, of, of people really being unhappy in their workplaces. I mean, I come from also being really depressed in, in, my, in my, my space, in my workplace and, you know, traffic and just the nine to five of the job. So we want to help people 
really come out of that space and understand that you can be unconventional in the love of what you do and you can do it. And then also workplace readiness. So we know that there are people out there who will naturally be more affiliated to office work. And we want to make sure that they are office ready. They're not making um, silly mistakes. I mean, there's professional etiquette that you need to consider, things like that. And then we also have the career mentoring program, uh, which is where I have the most fun, I think. And um, I take on at least three mentees per year with this part of it. And that's where the journey is. So from start to end up until they find work and even helping them transition into that space. Um, I feel like I gave quite a, a mouthful of that, but I hope, I hope the proposition is clear. <laughs> yes, yes, it is, it is quite clear. Thanks, uh, Kunsi. What would you say, so if you had to give a little bit of knowledge now, a little nugget of advice, what would be your, your, you know, your, your one paragraph of, of advice to other aspiring entrepreneurs out there? Wow, I never actually thought about that before. I think what I would say to them is jump. But you know what? Have a plan in place. So before I made this leap, I didn't just jump. It wasn't like an overnight decision, right? So it was a plan in place first. Um, I mean, my husband and I, we downsized everything. So we sold our two luxury cars for two smaller cars. We paid off as much of our credit card debt as we possibly could. We got rid of little accounts everywhere. So we made sure that we had the capacity to do this and to do it right and to do it within the attitude and the love that I wanted to give into this business. Um, so one thing that I would say is don't make a rash decision of just thinking entrepreneurship happens. Um, it, it's one decision and that's what it is. So I would say plan. I'd say put a plan in place and then also have support in place. So the other thing that I did was I actually sat with my close circle of friends and my people and I said, guys, I'm about to do this thing. And I know it's going to be a big change. It's also going to be a big change in, in the time I'm able to give you. But this is why. This is what I'm doing. And they were very supportive. And I mean, they're in different areas of life as well. So they have different spheres, different networks that they were also able to sort of help me with in my journey of being a new entrepreneur. And then the other thing that I would say is gather as much knowledge as you possibly can in what you're trying to do. So uh, I, I was watching a lot of TED Talks. I was watching a lot of videos. I was reading a lot about what it actually means to be an entrepreneur, the skills that you'll require, uh, strength building, and just sort of getting my mind ready for this new space and this new world that I was moving into. So I think, um, yeah, I think in a nutshell, those three things would be what I would advise them to do. So yeah, planning, um, information gathering, and a good network of support around you. Great. I think that that's really, really good advice. And then I think the last one is, how can people get in touch with you um, if, if they are interested in either you know, using your services and, and getting involved and they need assistance with the interview process? So we're across three um, social media platforms. We have a LinkedIn profile. We're on Facebook and we're also on Instagram. And we have a website and as well as our contact details are on our website. We're quite accessible and we're quite visible. Okay, perfect. So we've got you on all of the social media platforms and, and they can get in touch with you through that for any interview help if they, if they really want to get a purpose-driven approach to finding the perfect job for themselves. Absolutely. That's the dream. That's the vision. <laughs> yeah, so Chenille, that was a pretty a cool episode there with Quincy. Uh, a lot of talking points from my side that I would just like to cite. Um, but yeah, pretty cool interview, I think. 
Yeah, I really enjoyed uh, that interview and having that discussion with her really down to earth. And uh, I'm sure, you know, if we have another interview with her five years from now, it's going to be a retrospective interview of a, su- a successful entrepreneur. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I totally agree. So m- maybe just to highlight the key themes uh, uh, that we learned uh, while listening to the, to the show. I don't know if you, if you mind if I start. Yes, go for it. Okay, so the first one for me relates to like finding the balance between work and having a, a, a side hustle. Because I thought that was a very, a very interesting discussion to have because uh, there are very tangible costs to starting an own, your own business, I think. For example, things like time, you're working and you also need to like give your time to this, to this new business. Yeah, I think, I think my great, a good takeaway was when she was like analyzing how she didn't even notice that the time was going because she was very passionate about what she was doing. And I think it bodes in very well with an initial discussion that we had about finding your why. And I think uh, if you find your why before you start the business, you have that capability of, 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 of pushing even when things start getting difficult and you don't get time and uh, your corporate job is taking a lot of your, uh, your energy. Yeah, so that was my first, my first one. What, 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 what did you think, Shanil? Yeah, so I, I 100% agree with you on that first point. And I think for me, another important aspect of that point, maybe building on it, um, was, and, and I don't know if other people have this view, but for me, sometimes when I'm thinking about a business, I, I just want to scale really quickly. Um, and, and I liked her approach of, you know what, this is a side hustle. And I still have my corporate job. My main source of income is my corporate job. So I can take my time and really build up my side hustle nicely. There's no need to rush it. There's no need to, to just jump in um, without gaining the knowledge, without planning first. So really accepting that this is something I'm really passionate about, something that I really want to do in the long run and taking your time to build it up and seeing it as a passion first and a business second. I think that was, that was a really important insight for me as well. Yeah. Yeah, no, no. She really has a very methodolic, methodical way of thinking of things, which is very impressive. Maybe a second theme for me was potentially the value of going into corporate because you, you tend to see there are like two types of entrepreneurs. They're ones that go straight into business and, you know, it works out. And they're also people that go into corporate first. And that's also another route that we, we keep seeing as a, a, as a valuable alternative to the maverick, you know, entrepreneur that just goes straight in, you know, without dipping into corporate. What did you think about, about that? Well, what are your thoughts on, on that? So my personal opinion is I, I quite like that route because you sort of get exposed to corporate and whether it's your skill set, your hard skill set, I think your soft skill set uh, develops as well in terms of how to network. You know, we had that episode on, on, on how to network and how to collaborate and those sort of things. So I think that you really um, build those skill sets in corporate really well. And you, you also gain more access to different kinds of people um, through, your, through your corporate journey. So really, really valuable, I guess, to, to establish yourself and, um, you know, work your way up. And then when you leave, you've still got a lot of resources that you can lean on um, to make your business successful. 
Yeah, no, I totally agree with that, Janil. I think uh, there's also the value of the lessons that you're learning subliminally. And I think corporate does that really well. You know, things like teamwork skills, the ability to deal with people, you know, those are intangibles that are, are never taught in, in a university and could prove useful. Like, for example, if you're a client face, you work for a client facing organization. The fact that you have spoken to a CEO before, you know, pitching a corporate idea you could potentially be able to pitch your own idea at some point in the future. You know, I think they're overlapping skill sets that can easily translate there. Okay, that was interesting. And I, I think for me, a third lesson, uh, Chenille, was uh, a, a lesson she learned herself, right? The one she termed an expensive lesson in which she thought she needed to invest in uh uh, I think a website and stuff like that, you know, but only realizing later that, you know, she really pumped in money into this, but it's better off actually taking another direction, you know? And I, I think that's a very important reflection for entrepreneurs because we, we start something and we don't actually uh, know what works, what doesn't work. Uh, so maybe just reflecting for me as someone who was trying to learn from what she was talking about, uh, I could maybe think of things like the value of having like mentors um, or like someone who has started a business to like, you know, give you some sort of advice on, on things like that. Obviously like all businesses are unique, so you won't be like com completely risk proof, but you know, just getting some other input uh, into the decision-making as well. What are your thoughts uh, on that? Yeah, I, I, I agreed with that there, and I thought um, that it's it's also quite important to understand that you shouldn't underestimate yourself going in. Uh, so entrepreneurs, you always hear you know the saying that they wear many hats. So don't limit limit yourself. Things things are uh, a lot more available now and and easier to do in terms of technology. Technology has made things a lot more available to us. So I think that when you when you are becoming an entrepreneur, a lot of your resourcing can be done internally. And I think that was sort of my takeaway from that is that don't be so quick to say that somebody knows better or that you can get something from someone else. Uh, first, maybe explore, but have discussions with the people and then see, is this something I can do by myself? And only when it's absolutely necessary, uh, do you go out there and, and start outsourcing. And then just from a balance sheet point of view, I mean, you're, you're saving on a cost, right? So that's obviously going to impact your business as well. So I think that's, that's a really, really important point uh, that you made as well. Yeah, yeah, no, no, it's very insightful interview. I think like just seeing uh, her reflect about her decisions like was really insightful for someone who would want to start a side hustle, especially how she thought through the whole processes. I, I found that particularly amazing. Um, so my last thing here is how do you change your passion into your side hustle into an actual business? Uh, because, you know, it's murky waters, you know, it's, you start off something and you're doing it for free, you know, helping out people. And then now you want to make money off it to a point where you quit your actual job, you know, um, that's still a, a very pertinent question for me as well. You know, like, I'm just like, how, how do you do it? How do you do it? So she started that conversation about, uh, how she did her, uh, how she monetized her passion. Uh, which started creating those insights that could be helpful for someone who was trying to do it. What were your thoughts on that? And what, or what particularly uh, may be helpful for you going forward on that discussion? So on that discussion, and I think for me, that is still like exactly as you're saying, it's, it's one of the most pertinent questions. Once you find something you're good at and you're passionate about, how do we start to monetize it? 
Um, I think, and, and it's, I'm, I'm happy to hear that, not happy, but I think it's, it's good that other entrepreneurs also struggle with this. You know, I didn't feel alone, uh, which, was, which was also pretty cool. But I think a key takeaway from me is she said her husband gave her the advice of, you know, this, you understand your value add. So stick by your value add and don't be afraid of charging. Because if you, if you, if you think about it, um, if you know the market value of a brick and you're selling it for five rand, if somebody else comes and tells you, no, actually, I only want to pay two rand, you're not going to, you're going to be like, I understand the value of this thing in the market is five rand and I'm not going to go below this price. So why do we have a different view when it comes to our own services? We understand what the skill set we've uh, built up over time and we understand our capabilities. So we shouldn't maybe, you know, um, undersell ourselves. And I think that that was a really key point, understanding your value, understanding what you bring to the market and sticking by it and uh, in, in terms of a monetary value. Yeah. And I think maybe something important to note, like even if you look at Silicon Valley, like uh, monetizing an idea is always a thorn in everyone's, like it, it's something that everyone struggles with. I think Facebook struggled with it. Netflix is actually struggling with it right now. You know, they're just burning cash, increasing subscribers. But like how exactly are we going to make money in the long run? is a genuine entrepreneurial question, you know? So I really like that we also kind of consort it in, an, in a very contextualized side hustle within South Africa, making it a bit more personal for someone like me who's trying to start it, start a business on the side, which I thought was great. Yeah, yeah, definitely the context made a difference. Another key, and I think my, my last point there, or my, my last takeaway from, from the discussion was, the impact of COVID. So I think everyone's seen the negative impact of COVID, um, us being stuck indoors, businesses being shut down, unable to go to the office. But I think we've actually seen one of the positives of, of COVID-19 is that it forced her as an entrepreneur to expand her reach. Initially, she started out in South Africa, but because of this, this, um, this pandemic that's happening globally, she needed to say, I need to expand my market if I want this to become a sustainable business. And I think that that's, that's positive that came from this, you know, expanding your reach, expanding the mindset, having that global mindset uh, from an African perspective. Mm, yeah, I think we tend to forget like it, it, where, where adversity really starts pushing is where the greatest ideas tend to come from, you know. Uh, it's, it's not just a saying, it's, it's based on historical fact. So uh, that was very interesting to see in, a, in the current situation, given like everyone is a, a bit down, everyone's uncertain. You know, that was an example of actually how COVID has allowed someone to be better, actually. And I think it's even for us, like at work, like the, I think the streamlining of work to go online in the long run, we'll see this as a positive, you know, I, I think we probably can't see it now. But yeah, yeah, overall, at some point, we're going to see, see that value. But yeah, Shanil. Maybe, maybe I think I'd I'd also love to share her like her contacts. Anyone who wants to utilize her services as well, um, I think that'll be great as well. No, that was it. Uh, really, really cool to have Quincy on our show, and um, good luck with Hello Coach K. Uh, we'll we'll be sharing her details and how you can get in touch with her on the post on on our most recent post on Instagram and all of our all of our feeds. So. Guys, get in touch, uh, support small business. And, and if you need help, if this is somebody who's really passionate about what they're doing. Um, so I think it'll go a long way. Mm. And start those side hustles. Do it, do it. 
thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Young Professional African Edition. If you haven't already, please subscribe to the show on Apple Music, Spotify, or whatever platform that you use to listen to podcasts. And if you enjoyed the show, give us a like and a follow. Find us on Twitter and Instagram at YP underscore Africa. That's YP underscore Africa. And if you've missed an episode, don't stress. You can catch up on our YouTube channel, YP underscore Africa. Like and subscribe, guys. Like and subscribe. That's it from us, guys. See you next week.